This is Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice, with me, Michael Kuehl. And me, Roger Bell-West. This is our... Uh, can we insert some fanfares and, 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 and fireworks at this point? Something like that. This is our 60th episode. Woohoo! Yay! Yay! We've been doing this nearly five years. Oh, Lord. Um, and uh, we have a bumper uh, episode for you. Uh, today we're talking about um, the stuff you find in your pockets. Um, we're talking about uh, the joys of a really advanced civilization. But first, something we have never attempted before. Fanfare here, please. Music. We're going to start with a musical interlude. Roger, this was your idea. You explain. Well, it occurs to me, I pretty much build a playlist for every campaign I run, and sometimes I have an idea of what the actual theme music for the campaign should be. So I heard a particular bit of music recently and thought, I want to run the campaign for which is the, this is the theme music. <laughs> I just don't know what it is yet. All right. Well, you, uh, you at this point, you, dear, dear listener, should go off and dig around in the show notes and find um, Rocket Man. We can't uh, include it here because of copyright. Not the one by uh, Elton John, by, but the one by the Red Elvises. But it, it's in the show notes. Pause. We'll have to put in, in sort of filler. Beep. Beep, beep, beep. Dot, dot, dot. And you're back again. And I think, listening to that, I have a feel for it already. How about this? This is obviously a retro alternative history um, setting. You have brave, heroic Russian cosmonauts in space, and they are looking down on the Earth, and they are lusting after their girlfriends, who are all Americans. I, I, I think this is... is it's... it's an alternate 1960s, all right. Mm-hmm. The uh, the the change point being that Patton somehow gets away with um, uh, with attacking uh, into Eastern Europe and gets as far as the Russian border before anybody manages to stop him. As a prelude to that, I was thinking that maybe um, uh, Roosevelt survives um, the incident that killed him in our universe but goes a little bit bonkers. Um, <laughs> and it takes them that long to either quiet, quietly euthanise him or um, or ju- just just get somebody else in charge. Um, anyway, without Eastern Europe, and of, course ref- and, and of course refusing martial aid, if it even happens, um, the Russians are a good deal poorer. But they have one great advantage. They have atomic rockets. To the stars. <laughs> can, uh, can, can we not have Korolev purged in the thirties? His, his health will be a lot better then. Mm. Well, the the the, uh, the the thing is, um, uh, President Nixon, who takes over after being President Patton's um, vice president, has turned his back on space because this is impractical, and and what with the disturbances caused by 
Patton's clumsy handling of the civil rights marches. Um, It'll stop blowing soon. Yeah. They're, 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 everything everything will sort out now that sensible trusty Dick Nixon is in charge and not that flighty um, uh, Boston person. So no, no to this to, to the to this new frontier nonsense. The Russians can have it, and the Russians are bit busy. But of course, Russian youth is being um, overwhelmed by the dominance of American uh, youth culture, which is you know why all the shalala and boom shalak shakalaka stuff is going on, and all all the famous Russian um, cosmonauts have American girlfriends. Are the and we have Dmitri. We have Yuri and we have Ivan, who is called Johnny by his, his American girlfriend, who later turns out to work for the CIA. Of course. Of course. And they're up in space mining and, and bringing back to the Rodina. And their boss is uh, Ludmila Mikhailovna, who was, uh, she was uh, one of the night witches during, during the Great <laughs> Patriotic War. <laughs> and and maybe, they have a, maybe we have the Russian space station. Um... You know, in the classic uh, analog science fiction mode, they have a there's a Russian yeah all right there's a Russian space station. It's interesting that the, the word mir, while this is often translated as uh, peace, is is essentially world, world or fortification or stockade. Yeah, uh, Vladimir means ruler of the world, I think, or something like that. <laughs> um, or at least the important bits of the world and the important the bits, the bits that he rules. Yes. Um, so we have. Um, uh, so we have the Ra- the Ru- Russians have the space station, uh, but the Americans are are sweeping all before before them culturally down da- da- down below, and then and then because you know shuttling to and from from the miners on the moon and and yearning after their 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 the American girlfriends who operate the diner on the space station, hmm. um, isn't very interesting. Then we have the aliens appear. Any, is that is that the sort of thing you had in mind? Possibly, possibly. Oh, all right, come on, you, you throw something back at me. Oh, the th- three ideas uh, get to me. What one of them is um, rocket ship empires, yeah, uh, an existing setting which is not right, not the right period for the music, but it's got, it's got the right grungy diesel in space sort of aesthetic. Uh, what sort of period is it? Is it? It's nineteen thirties. Well, this, this can be the next generation. Yeah, it it does have this basic problem, and it's the reason I've never run it, even though it should be right, just the sort of thing I do, that it, it's a bit too prone to say, because it's cool. Mm. Why I, why do we have aircraft that look like, you know, Messerschmitts and B-17s and so on in space? Because, because it's, it's cool. cool. You can just uh, stamp the label on it, for goodness sake. They don't actually have to look like the damn thing. Oh, the, the, no, the, the author is very keen on this. He, he's um, taken a lot of public domain art and scrubbed off the propellers. Well, hang on. Look, I, 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 my what for 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 the setting I just talked about. My for what it, because it's cool thing is atomic rockets, atomic jets. So we can have people saying hot jets in the Russian. Actually, the accents on that record sound a lot more like Arnie than they do Russian. <laughs> well, they 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 are um, American Ru- Russian expats, I believe. All right. Okay, number two. Uh, modern or near future grungy space, which is you know somewhat there is an axis here I think yeah. between space heroes Apollo thirteen at one end mm-hmm. and space working stiffs Alien at the other end. Yeah. So somewhere in the middle of that, being in space is still a bit special, but the moment to moment stuff isn't really a whole lot of fun. Mm-hmm. 
that that that's the core of the setting. So so you have these guys who are heroically going off into space and. You know, there are great cheering crowds, but they don't actually get paid very much, and maybe they have to take on some some odd jobs. And mm. oh, you, j- just drop this out there a lot when when you're in a high orbit. Yeah. If you're going to have the Russian ethni- ethnicity tied up in it, uh, then near future politics is going to be uh, well, it's going to be a fun thing to design. But it's just, uh, but but I can I can see the series coming into some. Uh, criticism from the uh, uh, from the general viewing public. Uh, only the people who think science fiction is meant to predict the future. I would actually like the the, the 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 political future as well as the technical future to make sense. But then I would like the political present to make sense, and it doesn't. So hey. yeah, well, the, the last time I, I built uh, something based on on the projection near future from present day, it turned out to be wildly optimistic. And given that it was a cyberpunk campaign, that's not so great. <laughs> Number three. Number three. Uh, this is the slightly strange one. Probably a play-by-mail, play-by-email or something yeah. of that sort. Uh, players are in the historical Soviet space program. Yes. Scientists, potential astronauts, things mm-hmm. of that sort. And, okay, the core objective here is survive. Yeah. But the secondary objective is make the program actually work and beat the Americans. Hmm. It... You need a um, lot of administration skill and a lot of charisma, or somebody in the party does. Well, the, I mean, the the Russians do build good. Um, they do build good uh, boosters, good big rocket ships. Still do. Um, uh, some of them up to a point. Um, or, are you familiar yeah. with the Medellin disaster? No, go on. N- Nedlin, uh, Marshall Nedelin was, was present at the launch, which is why it was named after him. He was one of the several hundred people who, who got killed because essentially somebody had wired one of the valves the wrong way. Oh, yep. The, uh, the, well, yeah, I was going to say the subtle stuff. Um, like, do you need the subtle stuff to, 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 to dominate, to, to reach the, the moon? Do, do you need well, all the it, computers? I suspect you do. Yes and no. Um, th- there are bits of physics you can't compromise with. There are other bits you can. Um, Excuse me. If this is our world. We can compromise with the physics, but you don't want to. Uh, for example, radiation protection. Hmm. Radiation is not probably not going to kill you for the duration of the mission. Yeah, that's a political decision. Um, but yeah, you you do have huge disadvantages. Uh, massive inefficiencies, a crippled economy, all the rest of it. But hey, play, play PCs like being underdogs, right? Mm, sort of, yeah. <laughs> um, and there's always the, the possibility of you know just stealing stuff. Yep. Um, where, where the the British the, the Ancon jobs, the British did it uh, to the Americans. The Russians can too. Um, they. The, the, yeah, I think it, it, it I doesn't think, have a lot it, of player interaction. Is the, is the major disadvantage on this one? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's building the the what you would call it the social engine. If it's a play by mail, I don't know why is it play my, by mail particularly. Uh, because there's a there aren't many situations in which all the all the player characters are in the same place and mm. interacting with each other. That's true. Yeah, they have they're going off with. You know, the the scientists are, do, are doing the science and engineering and stuff. The political types are doing the negotiation with Stalin. Mm. You have to start uh, that far back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he, he's alive till the fifties. Yeah, how well it depends how early you you start. You could, um, huh. 
I don't. I don't know. I I have the feeling that you don't get the Russians winning this one without something unbelievable, either in the political or the or the technological mm, line. It's going to be a throw of the dice. If they could avoid the obviously stupid project, which, to be fair, was being argued for at the time, mm. <clears throat> then they can put more resources behind the projects that might have a hope of working. What's well, an obviously stupid project in this context? Okay, basically, the, any, any of the launchers that are essentially conical in shape, um, they, are, they are like that. <laughs> they are like that because they, they had difficulty building big engines. Yeah. So the, the um, way around this was to build lots of small engines. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that design. Uh, the, and yeah. they, they, they were not reliable. Because number of engines uh, multiplies number of failure points, and there were all sorts of cunning plans. Like, you know, if the if the engine, let, let us say, the westernmost engine in the launcher fails, then we'll shut down the easternmost one so it doesn't go completely out of control. But this relied on automation, which they really weren't up to. Mm. Uh, so, basically, strike that entire program, and ver- various other things of that sort. Yeah, basically, what what you need here is people who are better at arguing their case than the historical people were. They don't need to be necessarily smarter than the historical people. Mm. But I think it could be fun. It it would be, I admit, somewhat specialist. Yeah, it would. It would. Uh, <laughs> it would be. It would be. Um, I, I, I. Yeah. No. With that. With that. With that music, I want the. I don't. I don't want the technical um, working out of the details. I want. Uh, I want the end end result and something voom with a slightly undertone of. Not, I will admit that when I was thinking through that campaign, I did end it up with the time, with the time plot again. Um, link in the show notes to let's do the time plot again. Um, with them going back and ensuring uh, Roosevelt dies uh, before going bonkers, and uh, maybe ensuring. <laughs> that Patton gets into that a car crash as well. Um, and then, of course, everything will be fine because the heroic uh, Soviet Union will dominate half of Europe and, um, and will be ready when the aliens arrive in the early 21st century. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> it it well, ends it, it with a moment of hope. It can't be as bad as President LeMay. <sighs> yeah. okay piece of music number two Uh, this is lucifer by the alan parsons project so go and listen to that now kettle on aren't you just ping twiddly ping right we need it we need a we need a bit of link music maybe we could get it specially written by oh we're back That, that would need a budget Oh, we haven't got that, have we? So, my my first reaction is this already sounds like a television theme tune. It does, doesn't it? Which is not a bad thing. Um, it's what? it's that sort of shape to it. Um, you could quite easily re- remix it to have a one-minute version. Yeah. That sort of thing. Um, and what that makes me think of is a fairly action-orientated, modern or maybe near-future game. Mm. Um Basically, a, a, a caper game. Yeah, yeah. Our, our, our heroes are just that much cooler than the general population. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. May, maybe some, something like leverage, but with with more um, high society. 
I, I was more, more interaction given, with the given that given that I don't like criminal caper stories because. I get well. Call them troubleshooters. Tra- I'm, I'm, th- I'm thinking a, a, a Mission Impossible yep. style thing. Yeah, apart from the framing, the, the, the stuff people do is essentially the same. Yeah. There. So yeah, um, you could put in some sort of supernatural or super tech element, but that's that's my preference rather than the music suggesting that to me. Um, so yeah, I, I see this as basically, but it could be, it could go science fiction. But the trick there is that the again the musical style really suggests nineteen seventies to me, which is fair enough. I, it's I, kind of kind of iconic for the seventies. I, I th- it's eighties and uh, and it, it feels eighties to me. I uh, all right, maybe maybe uh, but something young something, whippersnapper that you are, you are not seeing quite the difference. Something with that kind of ethos in any case. Yeah. Um, so it's probably alternate history. Yeah, I think so. Future. I, actually, an alternate history. 1980s with with so you get the follow-on manned mars landers that sort of thing mm. yeah the yeah the a, a feel with either supernatural or it could be um a, a secret history of, of the 80s and the and the and, and the fall, fall of the soviet union it could mm-hmm. be or it could be an, a blatantly different uh, different history, yeah. I I I heard it as a as a as a, a team caper thing, as well. There the, in the music, you have little you have the little grace moments where where you're cutting away to the to the individual stars, with their, mm-hmm. with, with their with their icon, iconic mo- moments, and that and it felt like that to me. I originally thought of it as a as part of a fantasy uh, caper thing, which is going through my mind. But I think the other thing, a piece of music by. Alan Parsons' project I pointed you at. We might talk about in a future episode. We might episode. talk about in a future episode. Um, works, yeah. Works better with that. But yeah. Well, I th- now, all, all you need to do is keep up the S4N development. Mm. And you have a moon base and and at least the basics of a Mars base by the 1980s. Okay. The reason that wasn't done was not because it was technically hard. It was because it was technically too easy. And, the, and Congress realised, basically, if we build this, mm. we are going to have to go to Mars. Uh-huh. And the Soviets can't possibly beat us there, but we're going to have to do it anyway, and that's going to be really expensive. Hmm. Ah, oh, never underestimate the input, uh, the influence of stinginess. The S four N is the nuclear upper stage for a Saturn rocket. Hmm. Yeah. Um. That almost demands that you have um uh, Earth orbiting space stations and and a good solid moon base as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you you don't. Well, you don't. I don't know. Yeah, I think you want to. I think you really you want to assemble the, uh, the 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 nuclear stage in in orbit rather than well once you've got the infrastructure sure yeah um, yeah it, but... it's it's not a particularly useful stage for for Earth launch so for that um... you want Orion so so I... <laughs> <laughs> don't worry we're putting Roger back in his box after the broadcast <laughs> he doesn't actually have any any influence on. Anybody's nuclear energy program. We want to reassure our listeners <laughs> of that. Ah, uh, dear. So, at what point does history diverge? Nineteen fifties, nineteen forties. Um. Hmm. You well, need a big success. The the obvious way to um, get get space development more encouraged is um, there is something out there that is specifically needing to be reached on Mars, oh. in the outer system, whatever. Actually, that would be... Or there is... 
and you you can define by defining the size of that you can put the discovery date really whenever you want to okay the is that something known to the general public do you think at the start of the of the campaign well remembering that there was at least 12 hours delay between the viking imagery being received and it's being published i think we can we can make that no if we want to okay. it, it's not completely implausible so Though i don't i don't think it would hold I, my, my general feeling just in terms of sense of realism, is that big secrets like that don't really get kept. No. Not, or not for long, at least. So what are, uh, back to our team of, uh, of, uh, of con artists, uh, burglars, and, uh, and other people doing good. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes they get to do it on the moon. And sometimes they get to do it on the moon. What, who are they? Are they against the, the, are they against the Russians or are they against the, uh, or are they against the aliens? Maybe they're against both. Me being me, I would like to shift that through the campaign. Start start it off as an international politics thing, and then mm. gradually have the aliens leaking out. And, oh, you know, that's how disgusting mental image just came over. <laughs> I just I, ju- I, ju- I just shot Dimitri. Yes, and there is an alien leaking out. We we come in peace. Please provide twenty seven virgins per day. Species. <laughs> virgins aren't cheap. Even virgin woodlice. Mm. Uh, virgin olive oil will have to do, matey. Um, crushed by virg- crushing the virgin olives. I came across a, a poem about crushing virgin olives, uh, which I, uh, <laughs> while I was looking something else up. The... No, no, this is a family show. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so we start off. It looks like the 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 nineteen eighties, except that that there, there is talk about there the moon is, there is space infrastructure. There is space infrastructure. There is there is. There is a moon base. And there, there, there's a moon base in in regular use. There is a, an early colony on Mars. This looks like it starts to look like uh, uh, um, UFO uh, covert operations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no sh- shadow t- shadow team shadow with perhaps a teeny bit more realistic physics. Uh-huh. I was never. It was never the physics that got me about UFO. I, what I liked was the. Uh, what I like was the uh, soap opera, to be honest. Sure, but the thing is, you you don't just casually go to the moon, even with the with with these great rockets. You still need to think about it and plan it, and yeah, it was, it... and and that is why the emphasis is not on the heroic space piloting, though, from the people who do that, mm. but on the people. Yeah, but the and we're, we're drifting back to your uh, piece of music now in your subconscious, mm, perhaps. Yeah. But yeah. no, the. the um, Somebody was talking recently on the SJ Games forums about this. Basically, if you have realistic spacecraft, mm. then in game and narrative terms, you treat them as trains. It leaves at yes. this time, it arrives there at that time, and that is basically what is going to happen. And if it doesn't arrive, it's a disaster. Yeah, actually, that makes that makes pretty that's pretty makes pretty good sense. You you had you had better be be on uh, on whatever we're calling the the uh, the Earth's Earth orbiting station. Um, uh, by uh, by ten o'clock Tuesday, or we uh, or um or, or you're, you're waiting not... till next month's launch. Yeah, quite. And we don't have the budget to keep you breathing that long. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so sorry. What what I have I've been go- going on about my my suggestion, but what what, what was no your... no I, I I saw it as a as a as a, it, it it screams out nineteen eighties caper thing to me. Mm-hmm. But we're going to be doing it with this extra, slightly extra technology in the background. 
And I think then, once they we've established there's this, we I, I, I think we for the for the reveal, we can't let the fact that um, NASA ha, n- knows that there is something on Mars um, be public knowledge. And uh, and there's a lot of 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 stealing, uh, not uh, and the Russians are still in the race, because they know and they have to be still in still in the race. Mm-hmm. Um, they did have some nuclear rocket designs. They weren't as advanced as the S four N, but so so there's plausible. going to uh, there's going to be operations against the against the Russians, con jobs. Um, uh, your mission should you decide your mission well, and you're going to decide to accept it. Presumably, also the. Um, here is a third party which is being influenced by the other side. Yeah. So let's influence them onto our side instead. And there is a lot of the CIA mindset about Mission Impossible. Yeah. That, there in, is. In, in particular, and I think this this ties back to your suggestion. It, a lot of it is about having a technical edge. Yeah. I mean, no, nobody in the sh- in among the enemies ever ever says, "Hang on a minute, I've heard about these incredibly realistic flesh masks." Mm. I bet you're not really him. That it's always a complete surprise to them. Yeah. That shouldn't actually last longer than somebody surviving the very first mission. <laughs> yeah, but the ethos is here. Here is a technical edge. Yeah, um, and it's, it's not just that; it's all sorts of tech things. And part way through, after a few missions, then you get the the first inkling that somebody with even higher tech is playing in the game, mm-hmm. and there, uh, maybe there there is something as as uh, as. Early twenty first century is as as a tablet or a iPhone. It doesn't have to be, but it, it impresses our. Just remembering uh, Harry Turtledove's uh, World War series, where his aliens, apart from their spacecraft, are basically nineteen eighties tech. Yeah. And he's very rigid about keeping it to nineteen eighties tech. Yeah, they are. Well, it's it's the it's the uh, it's the traveller, um, safe tech. Um, mm. Retro tech feel though you go with the things that you understand, but the aliens there were designed to be um, conservative yeah. and deeply impressed, as they so often are, by the speed with which humans uh, come up with new ideas. Impressed then terrified. Yeah, that's a sensible reaction. Okay, it, I... it's it's nice to be on the giving existential dread side for a change. <laughs> yeah, it's not when they decide you're an existential threat, you must die. <laughs> And uh, and unfortunately, we have not yet achieved full physical immortality. Um, <laughs> that's why my right foot is reminding me every day at the moment. Okay, the I think that I think this is this is this is quite fun and quite uh, quite doable. I'm not quite sure what the aliens are like. Uh, that that if I, I th- if I, I put in I... recognisable tech, then they're probably alternate history humans. But I, I really want something alien as the aliens. Mm, they, they could be played by human actors at least. Yeah. Um, there was a thing, it was used in one of the GURPS Alien Races books, also in one of the Space Master books, a um, very, very high neural density parasitic worm yeah, the, that, that lives in your brain and takes you over, basically. Yeah, the, there's a lot of that in Jack Chalker, I see. There's at least one of those in, in Jack Chalker. And they do, do make, they're, they're basically the pod people uh, parasite. Uh, only they're not quite as omnipresent as they are um, in whatever the damn movie is whose name I have forgotten. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And that's another sign that, my, that I'm not immortal. 
Yeah, um, I, th- I think you want to make it at least fairly hard to spot them. Yeah, maybe maybe it needs a, a full X-ray or something rather rather than we'll do a blood test on you. Mm. Uh, and no, you can't X-ray him. He's the Russian ambassador. Yeah, the the, the infiltration plots and and the invaders, um, a Quinn Martin production, all all echo into this. There there is the question about whether you can ever recover anybody from alien possession. Which is a decision for how you want the angst to flow. Oh, the official the official uh, word is no, you can't. The original personality is destroyed, and then then you then you find somebody who appears to have some of their original personality left. You are what you eat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I, we've had fun um, riffing on music. Um, it, it's a. Apart from anything else, recommended as, as a good source of inspiration. And, and if you have any particular tunes that you think we should be inspired by, send them in. Please do. On to the next thing. you to imagine that Roger and I are sitting here in velveteen smoking jackets with hookahs um, producing great amounts of uh, highly dubious and, and heavy smoke. Probably brightly coloured. And uh, and also small glasses of absinthe um, as we listen to something um, arabesque in the background. Uh, we in, in, in reality, of course, it's large glasses of absinthe. <laughs> yeah. Which makes the heart grow fonder. The thing we're going to talk about is decadence as a theme and as an idea in um, societies and in role-playing games. I think I should start by saying that one man's decadence is another man's summer of love. Mm. Yeah, I think there's a core conflict here, which is that most players like most of their PCs to be essentially effective people, people who can get stuff done. They, they, They may get ground up by the monster, but they'll put up a good fight. Yeah. And I think decadence is opposed to that. Well, decadence, at least at, at least of the first approximation. Well, decadence is, is as a description says that something at the core of a person or a society has gone rotten. It's not as good as it once it was. Our ancestors would not have done this. Though that may be just from somebody else's perspective. I'm, I can't help remembering this, bearing in mind here, the skull at Pimpernel. Yeah. Uh, who, who is a fop by the standards of his fairly foppish society, Pretending. but it's a disguise. Well, yeah, I, but it, the the Scarlet Pimpernel is a very conservative hero, and 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 the accusation of decadence is is always brought by people who think they remember a better old days. Hmm. Um, and, and look, the, the Scarlet well, or Pimp- by people who are trying to make a better new day. To be fair, um, you know, the French yeah. revolutionaries at least think that they are. Even if, in the context of, of the books, they're completely wrong, mm. they are. Yeah, they are trying to brush away the uh, uh, the, the 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 accumulated um, rubbish. But then I think about uh, Dominic Flandry, mm. who is uh, who is the archetypical um, hero in in the service of a pretty bad cause, but it's the only cause there can be. He's He's keeping the empire together because the fall would be worse, and, and he's enjoying the decadence as he does. Very yeah, much. He, he is, I think, more a product of his decadent society than than, than Blakeney is, um, because the the way he thinks hmm. 
is a result of the way he's lived, his background, his society, and so on. He he does not generally think of a straightforward solution to a problem. Well, twisty is best. Yeah, um, because but, that's the sort of person he is. He's he's not a nice person. But so so one could call this crypto competent. <sighs> you know, they, they 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 look like the next decadent guy. But they are in fact they are in fact um, st- secretly standing for for the last bit of of good of good value to be squeezed out of their society. Mm. On the other hand, I. Uh, I have a cert- I I have had a dislike since my school days for Spartan values and for people who go out <laughs> on rugby fields by choice and make other people do it. I'm not bitter and twisted about the the about about the 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 uh, the years of standing around shivering in 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 in, in shorts and being having hard objects thrown at me and getting trampled over. Yeah. Or the or the decades of athletes' foot, but but on the whole, <laughs> you you can pass the. Um... Playing fields on the way here. Yeah, I, I've been out there at six o'clock on a Saturday morning, walking a dog, and and seeing yeah twenty or thirty pudgy kids, any of whom would clearly be anywhere else. Yeah, for, forced to line up and have be shouted at. Yeah, on the whole, I I, I I would I would prefer a little bit more decadence in our society in that in that sort of di- direction. I do not think that suffering makes people noble. I think it makes them cranky. It certainly makes me cranky. <laughs> And uh, and on the on the whole, I want I want uh, uh, a civilization which says, "White caviar, yes, sir. We have plenty of caviar if you can afford it. Uh, we also we also have uh, mac and cheese. And one of these days, we'll make a make a, a supermarket mac and cheese which actually tastes nice. It'll probably taste of caviar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, caviar. Cap- oh, actually, that's no. Get get back to the topic. I, so are we? Are, are our heroes going to be part of the decadent society, or are they going to be opposed to it? Well, that, that's certainly another approach. They are, they are the outsiders who mm. see this decadent society and think, well, this is right for the plucking. You know, they, yeah. they, they are the barbarians advancing on Rome or whatever. Yeah, the barbarians won't want the baths to, to still be standing at the end, and they and they well, like the, the underfloor he, heating. The the thing that I think is probably an outdated model of history these days, but it, it could be quite appealing, is over the course of an extended campaign, go from you know we we are the um, heroic rugged warriors who who are carving up the decadent empire, yeah. to actually you know this toilet paper thing, there's something to be said for it. Mm. What are these bloody barbarians doing? Yeah. Well, that, I th- would be, that would be a long campaign. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, this may say something about our society. Um, that it's easy to get the how how bad is the decadent society? They're taking apart. Why do they want to take it apart? Apart from the fact, you know, there's they've, they've, there's, they've there's fifty the other tribes behind them, and they're pushing. They've got the land and the food and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, fair enough. And our people are our pe- our people have to live somewhere. I mean, might as well live. Being your overlords, or it might have been um, those Roman Britain sort of thing. They were mostly sit- sitting around beating each other up and- until the empire came in, mm. and now the empire's gone away. Well, where's it gone? Perhaps we should follow them. Well, yeah, there, there's the there's the Arthur conquering Rome. They do thing. say it's warmer to the south. Yeah, yeah, but you notice that Arthur does not stay in Rome. He just gets himself crowned, and then he buggers <laughs> off back, uh, back home. I mean, it would have been a more. Well, that's because it's propaganda, but yeah. Well, it, it, actually, it would have been a more interesting um, campaign to find yourself uh, being Arthur's um, 
viceroy in Italy um, and trying to bring <laughs> good Pictish values to the... Yes, you will get yourselves tattooed, you decadent bastards. <laughs> so... You feel I I don't know I feel that that I'm on the side of decadence here. Um, I, <laughs> well, I I I want to be. Here's another thought yeah. that though it will probably need some game mechanical support. What we might call heroic decadence. Go on. Um, as, I, as in what 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 you want to do in game terms is indulge yourself. Yeah. And when when you need to essentially get get out and do something, it is it is because your your lifestyle is under threat. I would. There, there would certainly be a comic element to this. I, I haven't played the Dying Earth RPG, but it seems to me that this might be a part of yes, it. Yes, well, that could be. I, I can't play it either. Um, I, there's also Houses of the Blooded, which um, is about a fantasy race of long-lived, powerful, deeply neurotic um, uh, nobles who are hanging around and fighting each other for reasons that make very little sense. But they're, they're doing it with immense style, <laughs> and there's uh, there's also there's also the element of um, the Eldon Guard campaigns where you're you're grovelling to the nobility, ha- having a mistress, fighting pointless duels just because somebody from another regiment looked at your cup of coffee strangely uh, after you put it where they would see it. Yes, uh, and, uh, uh, and 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 you know. Creeping and crawling and trying to get to the top of the greasy pole—that—that—that's fun. It doesn't have reference to anything outside itself. Mm. The British are over there, and they win most of the naval battles. And the, the Spanish are to the south, and and we just can't get around to conquering them because there are these mountains in the way. What were the oh, French next doing? Year. What were the French doing during the during all that time? And and the, they had aims, I know, but but didn't seem to be terribly focused at conquering anybody. I think some of the point of a game like On Guard is you're far enough from the top from any sort of direction of policy. Yeah. Part, partly because it's game mechanical set up that way, but uh, yeah, essentially yeah, pro- you you don't have any influence over wh- whether there is going to be a war. There is going to be a war. There's going to be. There's you, you're, always you're going trying, to be a war. To get but, rich but, well, actually, the and, and actually in, in the long without the long, actually risking your life in the long running um, campaigns of on, on guard you get to be the minister of war and you get to be a war profiteer if you're really good at it <laughs> and 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 then you hope a friend of yours is the minister of justice when you get caught <laughs> i can see that being fun but but it as i say it's decadent without having the reference to an undecadent society yeah fair point i i do think it loses something thereby I and mean, what part of the fun is having the contrast yeah there, there should be, if you're going to be playing on the on the uh, on the decadent side, there should be an earnest, competent, and deeply unpleasant enemy, um, whom you secretly admire for their, you know, get up and go. But honestly, you're too laid back. This is a campaign that the British um, <laughs> are, are, are perfectly are the British of the early twenty first century are pretty made for. Actually, except for the, some of them. Um, don't remember the days of empire like I did, sort of. And, I remember the days of the end of empire anyway. And and we went we went to this village and went went to the inn and they didn't have any honeyed dormice. Can you believe it? <sighs> Young people today, it, it it it's it's all microwaved stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you want to microwave a honey dormouse. It's going to get far too hot. Yeah, exploding honey. <laughs> do, do they do they delicately? They must delicately uh, gut 
they had it to Dormice first, mustn't they? Well, I, I hope so. Yeah. Well, it's either that or swallow them whole. Well, quite. I'm not sure my 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 digestive system is. I I, I want I want I want health and safety. Honey, dormice me. <laughs> Actually, I don't want honey dormice at all. Let's be frank. I don't think they've quite reached here yet. No. The we don't talk about the dormouse triangle. But mm. yeah, I th- I think <laughs> humour is something that's occurring to me as an important setting to decide on. Yeah. In a campaign with decadence, I mean, is it being played for laughs, or is it we used to have a civilization and this is all we've got left? That you know, those would be the opposing poles. And you, you, I think you can have elements of both of that. Yeah, both of those. But uh, the that there, it depends how how, how unpleasant. That, that what was the empire in in Babylon Five? Um, centauri. The Centauri. How many Centauri does it take to to change a light bulb? Nowadays, just one. But back in the old days, ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and and you have the feeling that the Centauri, um, though jolly, are quite unpleasant in 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 their own ways, and and were more it, unpleasant. It, it was a thing that was done fairly well. Here, here is this comic figure, and the things he's dealing with when he's dealing with his own society generally involve death mm. of, of people who had nothing to do with it except being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. And uh, and 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 his damn his damnation, um, uh, his self inflicted damnation is one of the one of the really good bits uh, of that of mm-hmm. that series. It's a shame that the sequels didn't quite pan out. Never mind. The uh, I, I I agree. The, the it, I'm not quite sure where the arc of a story set in a decadent. Or about a decadent empire goes. Uh, all right, set in a decadent. I, I think it's irreversible once mm. it's got to decadence. I don't, I don't think you get to pull it out of. You might take some light-minded nutters and set up somewhere else. Yeah, because setting up at home leads to the, leads, leads to the days of Thermidor, and, uh, uh, <laughs> and uh, and then somebody comes along on a big white horse. Somebody short comes along on a big white horse and says, "Don't worry, I'll take charge now." Yes, this is essentially a human nature problem. We're working mm. on it. We're working yeah. on it. Um, or, or the alternative could be follow it through to the collapse, and then people run away. Mm. The, 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 the problem... And, and, and tr- try to live it in a world that just does not understand that a chap needs honey dormice. Mm. The, the, it always assumes there's somewhere to run away to. Yeah. If you can't walk away from... Or, What's it called? Alemas Omelas. Then, uh, um, then, um, is there any point in trying? The, uh, the yeah. The, well, we, we've talked about campaigns with with a gradual decline in them. Yeah. On a previous occasion. Well, this is this is pretty much where the the if you if you believe in decadence, and I'm not sure I do, um, then it's the point where the sweetness in the fruit turns to disgusting decay. Um, That's because they're not putting poison in anymore. <laughs> yeah, the, the the strychnine helps preserve <laughs> the nectar. Um, the uh, the uh, it's it's a point at which there could be heroes, but I'm I I'm not sure there are a group of heroes. I'm not sure there is a. In fact, in fact, given the the different attitudes there can be towards the the. The, the fall of the empire it's almost bound to lead to interplayer conflict at some stage mm. 
the only time I've done something much like this in a game was The Last Days of Atlantis, which ended ah. up not being at all the way I expected it to be. Yeah, I've, I've, I have certain Atlantean ambitions, I must say. The original plan was um, our, our heroes go off fighting stop-motion monsters. Yeah. Uh, but there, there, there was an ancient statue that got involved and, and it all got a bit apocalyptic and Cthulhuid. I uh, yeah I want uh, I want there to be if I were doing that I'd want there to be the equi- magical equivalent of global warming. Everybody warns them that they can't go on like this, mm. and but there's too much invested in going on like this, and eventually eventually the island co- collapses no matter what, and they ignore old Jorel who's been going on about it for decades. And somehow, uh, rolling mana outs are entirely normal. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry. No, reality has not uh, uh, changed. It was always like that. No, no. The temple was always over there. Uh, yes, it was always dedicated to that god. Stop worrying. I think, I think reality starts breaking down, and you have to have to have the the great heroic fight, and and then. People fleeing, fleeing. The, the ultimate reality edit, of course, for, for, from the self-preservation point of view, is for for the city, island, whatever, never to have existed. Which is why there are no ruins today. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think I, I think that's that's quite possibly um, a, a reasonable, and it leads to um, it leads to uh, the secret history of magic and people keeping it su- suppressed, which I've done at least once. The idea I was thinking about for an Atlantis-style game was the prehistory of the Durini uh, books, but I, I mm-hmm. couldn't I couldn't work the magic around to something I, uh, something I liked. It might be more possible if I went back and had a, another look at it. But there, there in the background, there is there is one of the Seven Kingdoms is lost and sunk beneath the sea, and that's where the Durini are supposed to originate from. Mm-hmm. Um, I may yeah. go back one of these years. That would be damn decadent, you bet. Hmm. Yeah, if I ever, re- ever revisit the Atlantis thing, it would certainly be more emphasis on the decadence and less on... I, I had a very complex map of interpersonal relationships based on, based on a pyramid article that suggested doing this. And it was quite fun, but the players didn't really end up interacting with it very much. Right, because uh, they wanted to go out and fight stop-motion monsters? Partly that. Part, partly I, I wasn't really pushing it particularly. Right. Try, trying to integrate it's the usual thing that I complain about and have been since the start of this podcast hmm. of having the high level plots going on and finding it difficult to to integrate the PCs into those high level plots yeah and I was less good at it then than I am now so yeah, the, you gotta I, I, modern advice would be find the PCs into relationships and then put in the high, high level then design the high level plots around them mm. um, and tie tie uh, they 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 are the X is the child of uh, of a of uh, an old noble family. Y is a peasant who's graduated from the Imperial Academy of Magic. First in his uh, first in his family. The, this particular were linked by a prophetic dream. Mm. Well, those are always buggers. <laughs> All right. On the whole, having spoken in favour of decadence and that. You know, against it, um, handled with moderate care. But I think it's a, it's a useful. Element. It doesn't get doesn't show up in games that much. At least not mine. I will try to bring more of it in. Hmm. I, I think I think I'm no, I'm willing to play the the the, the decadent bastard who who's just hanging on for the for for uh, why I mean, his father. 
His father had slaves. My grandfather had... It was good enough for my father. It was good enough for my grandfather. What are they revolting for? I'll turn up the mind control, somebody. Valid listener Brett Oval has asked us about equipment lists and specifically how much do detailed equipment lists matter. I think some of this is a shift in game style over the years. Certainly early D&D and the adversarial gaming model you tended to get there was if it's not written down explicitly on your character sheet, you you can't have it. Uh, so this varies from the reasonably sensible like spell components which you might mm. run out of to the quite silly like an eating knife what you need to know that the, the the thing is first of all the equipment lists have two aspects how much a thing is is detailed is is mechanically important a spear in uh, hero quest is not a spear in uh, in gurps the spear in GURPS has does this specific type of damage. Um, and it might have a Bodkin point on it. Yeah, uh, it might have. Uh, it might have a uh, a shaft across it to stop the boar running up at you. But it, it and it weighs this much and uh, that much. But a spear in Hero Quest is 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 an effect. Um, though it might be a, a special effect if it's the spear of your grandfather, the black mm-hmm. spear of your grandfather. Um, Plus one per adjective. <laughs> the um, yeah, I I I I, I get a little. Um, I I'm mostly nowadays thinking that that equipment lists can be um, foie foie. I I assume that people have what would be narratively suitable for them them to have. Yeah, that, that I think is, is a standard simplifying assumption. You get some systems where not only is that explicit, but there are explicit ways of saying in game terms, well, obviously I'd have one of those, or, well, of course I'm, yeah. Um, GURPS, Gizmo, Advantage, Nightlike Agents, Preparedness. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it, it's saying, well, of course, I'm, I'm a person who does this, so of course I'd have one of those. Yeah. Um... Uh, and there's, uh, yeah, um, the, uh, the the thing is, I think, uh, yeah, uh, you do. I do sometimes want my players to. I give my players fairly free reign about getting equipment. When the uh, not, in the middle of the desert, you're going to find it difficult to find water. Um, in the middle of an adventure, you're going to find it difficult to have just the right component at this moment in time. I do like them to give me to have a shopping moment uh, mm. before going out on the mission, because that gives me narrative warning about the stuff they're liable to pull. I think this shades slightly into discussions we've had before about uh, preparation scenes. Yeah, and if if you're emulating a film or a literary model, the preparation scene is skimmed over with a montage, mm. and you then flash back to it. Because you know, there there is a problem, and then somebody flashes back and says, "Well, well, I prepared for this because bit of yeah. preparation scene." And the leverage, there, the leverage approach. There yeah. are some modern games that will do this. Uh, 
as we've said before, I, I think that the, the, the native paradigm of role-playing is to do things in order. Mm. And some players do not enjoy this sort of long preparation. Some do. And I think similarly, some players don't enjoy highly detailed equipment lists, and some do. There's one player in the World War II campaign who has not only detailed exactly what his character is carrying based on what was issued to the British Army at the time, but ha has um, bought some of the smaller items of it that are available cheaply to find out exactly how much they weigh. Good grief you have dedicated players. I'm all in favour of this. He hasn't bought a wireless set 19 because he's not entirely daft. I know somebody else who collects them. The... Ah. You only need a photograph, really. You only need a photograph. It doesn't tell you how big and bulky the bugger is. You need a photograph and somebody who has one to wait for you. <laughs> the, I, I, I know what you mean about... But there, I feel there ought to be a limit to the number of times that they get to say, yes, of course I would have a... Um, well, presumably Nice Black Agents does that. So yeah, it, it, it does. It's, it's a limit per it, game sessions, I think. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a it's a point spend. It's a, um, I I also feel I need um, I need narrative control over the. Uh, no, you're not going to be. Uh, you weren't expect, expecting werewolves. You're not precognitive enough that you carry wolfsbane with you on all occasions, even if you know that the supernatural is weird is real. Mm. So uh, so. I've got to. I've got to have a, a means of drawing a line underneath that. If you have Wolfbane, then you have no threat at this moment in time. I want you to be threatened. Yeah, I think my default assumption is you you can have with you, particularly since I mostly run modern games where mm. people can easily get stuff. They're not yeah. usually isolated from society that much. Yeah, I will. I will say, yeah, you you can have things that you would normally have with you: um, a cigarette lighter, some sweets, that sort of thing. Mm. Um. When somebody want, want, wanted an accurate prismatic compass for taking a bearing, well, yeah, that, that's not quite casual equipment. You have to go out and buy that. And actually, they get quite expensive in, the, in 1930. Because they're not mass-produced. Hmm. One, one, one question that yeah. Brett raised was, how much should it matter to the extent, is this in the literary models? Um, hmm. Certainly, he, he couldn't offhand think of uh, any any stories in which the exact contents of somebody's pockets become important. There are one or two that occur to me. Um, Such as? Well, par partly the MacGyver thing, though, that's also scavenging. But the thing uh, that... And also a superpower. The really. thing that did come up with... Well, original MacGyver, not this new thing. All right, go on. Uh, wilderness survival stories yeah. are much more likely to focus on this. Yes. And, and indeed, the, the fact that you got the expensive pocket tool which doesn't break when it's at minus 20 centigrade. That's that's the sort of story where you want, where you're handing the players the character, a character you crash the air, air, their, their airliner in the, the Andes and you see what they do with what they've got in their pockets, I think. Okay, there's fire at the back of the cabin. What do you want to scavenge? <laughs> yeah. Yes. The... Um, yeah, the the other thing is that well, it is the literary uh, trope that comes to mind is James Bond's um, uh, briefing by Q. He's always given a gadget which is incredibly cool and utterly useless at the point of briefing, but Q just happens to have it lying mm. around, and um, 
you then get to see him go and use the uh, the the atomic de- decombobulator uh, later on, or the or or the um, the aquatic car, or or yeah, it's there to set up yeah. a moment later on which the character cannot possibly have any knowledge of. I wonder. I I I've never actually played the the James Bond uh, RPG though. Me? People speak highly of it. It occurs to me that there's a way you could um, sort of meet in the middle of the, on this. You could you could have the briefing scene of here is the specific gadget, mm. and then you encourage the players to be really inventive in how they use it because that that uh, and if they come up with something fun, then yeah. then it will work how, no matter how implausible. And uh, and if it and if it, sh- if it would short cir- circuit the camp uh, the game too much, it works once and then goes fat. Oh, everything only works once. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The the players don't think like that, uh, but but uh, yeah, everything should only work once. Uh, everything uh, everything from R and D should only work once, if that. <laughs> um, there's another issue here, which is um, detailed costs. Um, which no, no, actually, that's going off on, onto a side sideline. Well, th- shopping, I think I think shopping it's expeditions. Um, Robin Laws in. Robin's Laws of Game Mastering described the the um, detailed character generation systems as, as fantasy shopping for guys, but I think detailed equipment lists are also fantasy shopping for guys. I have a player who likes shopping scenes. It's a yeah. It's a, it's a, he, he wants to, he's got some money. He's he's in the city. He wants to go out and, and see what the magic shoppies have, and it's never enough for him. <laughs> well, all right. Once you give them that sort of thing, they're always going to be dis- discontented. I. I probably ought to give them the things that, that 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 they go out for, and then make them miserable that they've got them. Ah, consumerism. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. No, this isn't as cool as I thought it would be. Yeah, life's like that. And now you can get a seven point two inch wand in hazel. Mm. <laughs> Personally, I I I, I don't use the unicorn hair cores uh, anymore. I mean, they're so unreliable. You know, you know they'll. they'll They'll burn out on the fir- fir- on the on the first uh, excruciamus spell. <laughs> so, is is it just a matter of play style? And, and if so, can can you effectively mix different styles in the same group? Um, I think uh, I think it's it's more a matter of genre setting. Or it, it matters for those games where it matters immensely. Where it where it it is about um, going out and solving a particular set of circumstances whether you're whether you're the, uh, the the squad attacking the embassy or the people trying to survive in the andes i think the more isolated you are the more important it becomes true if when there are no when there are no refills when there are no survival survival um, scenarios make your equipment list incredibly important yeah but also yeah if one just uses as as a proxy anything where people in the real world would be making a serious inventory, so mm-hmm. crossing the desert, yes, we know exactly what we're taking. Yes, except uh, except I, I a pre prepared crossing the desert, you have to work hard to make it uh, make it a threat. I mean, maybe maybe this is a failing in me. I've not. Uh, I, I I want the remand. I want the, the scene of them them crossing the the desert. I want the line of camels mm. and the music and 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 the desert, the moon uh, 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 over the desert desert sands. But I, I don't actually want to watch them going to take a dump um, 
each night unless I'm going to have something scuttling out of the darkness at them. <laughs> scuttling out of the darkness is good. Yeah, I think may, well, maybe a part of the problem is that there is no standard RPG convention for the for the travel montage or the or the shopping montage or whatever. Yeah, there is for um, uh, the One Ring, where you have a mechanic of um, these are the things that need to be checked, and these are the things which go wrong if you uh, if you don't check them whilst going through the Wildwood. Hmm. Um, and and that's not bad. I didn't quite like the the, the one ring. I I uh, I found expanding it out from the combat more difficult than I th- thought I would. But maybe that I just don't know the world well enough. Hmm. Anyway, but yes, you can build something where going from place to place is a lot of what you do, and the threats you meet on the way are a lot of for of what you have to solve. Yeah, one of the campaigns I've been thinking about running for a long time, um, never really developed in much detail, is based on GURPS Places of Mystery, and for plot-related reasons, mm. you end up having to visit places of mystery all over the world. And the, the era when one sets that is, is really very important. True. Uh, my default is 1920s or 1930s, so you can be aviation pioneers. Yeah. Because, really, that's quite dangerous. mm uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, but, but if, it's if, a if, bit. If, it's a bit too dangerous because if you fall out of the sky, yeah, mm. that 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 can be a party wipe on its own. Whereas if you sit in the eighteen nineties, you're going everywhere by by steamship, train were available, yeah, and, and train were available. That gives lives, gives gives no, opportunity then, for lots of little on the Orient Express type uh, or m- uh, months of hacking through the jungle. Yeah, uh, I don't, I, yeah, uh, but. Uh, I, I I think I prefer the travel mode where you can get out of your cabin and do interesting things, and somebody else is flying the damn thing. <laughs> ah, well, maybe maybe I should use my uh, Victorian atomic airships. I yeah, uh, he had fun with that, but but personally, I, I I don't like the health and safety factors. And I kept uh, during that scenario, I, I kept worrying about my character's long term genetic future. That'll be fine. <laughs> Everybody knows engineers are bald mm. and pale looking. So another question would be, and I, I think this really is a generational or communication thing. How, did you ever play Car Wars or BattleTech? Not my thing. No. Okay. Um, a lot of games in in the eighties, and th- those were the exemplars for me. Mm. Um, emphasised a lot of out of game solo preparation. Mm. You know, you, the the canonical Car Wars is somebody says we're going to have a fight with this budget. Everybody goes away and designs a car, which yeah. is a process that could take, could take several hours. Um, and then they come back and have the fight. Yeah, that was no that that was not my idea. It still is not my idea of fun. I want. I, some, I think I think some of that is because now you don't you you can essentially be in contact with gamers whenever you like, mm. if not necessarily your own gamers. Um, that there is less of a need to have solo gaming related activities. Yeah, I. I my response to that would be, uh, I want something modular. I want, I want stuff I can, I, I could kit together from a, a, a deck of cards or something like that. When I hear people talking about, um, even fairly modern D and D, there's a lot, a lot of stuff on. Right, I, I, I want to play a fighter. Mm. I've, I've got to plan seventeen levels ahead, and I, I, I've got to take these feats in exactly the right order. And th- there, there is pre-game preparation for that. Yeah, I, I. 
I do not understand understand it. I, I suspect that some of my players do this sort of thing when generating GURPS characters. And I don't get it as fun or as a thing that I'm going to do. Mind you, I'm having to. I should be planning ahead better with the Savage Worlds game we're in. I discovered I'd left out a, a trait in my advances and I had to go and grovel to the to Peter, our GM, and say, "Please, can I not have survival?" And he cheerfully wrote back and he said, "Yes, yes, yes. Don't worry. My, my next two games will involve many, many survival roles. Survival inside of giant crocodile." Yeah, I'm really good at this. <laughs> yeah, well, we had we had the brief water sp- pills. <laughs> It'll work. Yes, It'll do, does, does it work on stomach acid? Yeah, yeah. All right, it, it, you might you might get a slight buzz off this. The yeah, I I think I want something more natural. I want something where I can I can change my my flow of direction, which is why I prefer a points build system over a, a over a, a yep. leveled one. Um, but but yeah, they're, they're, people. I keep seeing questions on the internet about what is the best build for this, or what builds mm. are broken. And I don't think in those terms. Particularly given that uh, modern D and D, you can have a standard set of stats. You don't even have to roll those. Mm. You say you're, you're one fifteen, you're two thirteens, or whatever it is. You arrange them however you like. Oh, you know more about this than I do. Again, I see, I see people talking about this RPG stack exchange. Has lots and lots of people asking about this sort of thing for D and D. The very occasional GURPS question, which usually somebody else jumps on before I can answer it. So I saw somebody in a threads asking why 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 GURPS had died the other day, which depressed me and and caused large numbers of people to jump on him and say, "No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't." Well, GURPS PDFs are now available on uh, DriveThruRPG. And this th- has been an unsolicited commercial. There are many people who, who are saying, oh, wow, I didn't know GURPS was still out there. Because the only place I ever look for role-playing stuff is this one site, apparently. Well, I, think, okay. I think they may have been... In, uh, SJ Games may have been ignoring the uh, advertising budget in favour of, of Munchkin for a little mm. too long. Oh, well. Are they... Yeah, are they... Uh, Classic role-playing exercise, at yeah. least it was, was when I was getting into this. Make a list of everything you have about your person. It can get quite long, at least for me it can. Uh, I'm not going to go down to the very coins in my pocket or the every single form of ID in my wallet. But yeah, I can, I can, do, that from, I can do that from memory, ignoring the amount of fluff. And usually a character, character's equipment list will not be that detailed. Hmm. No, that's true. Well, well, look, uh, and, and on the on the whole, I I do not though I could make that list. I really do not need to have more than an approximate count of the coins in my back pocket. Um, I I can feel them by weight. Um, and I, I have on a number of occasions ha- had um, small discussions along the lines of, "Oh, don't be silly. Normal people don't carry multi tools. <laughs> <laughs> Here's mine. You're not normal, etc." The I can't think of anything abnormal I've got I've got on me. Unusual, yes, but not abnormal. The uh, the, the the whole thing about about equipment is. I want them to have everything. I don't. I don't want to. I don't care what sort of shoes the uh, characters are wearing, except as it's a a role playing um, importance. From a fun point of view. I think either you know, my my shoes are wearing out is not fun mm. as a general thing. 
My shoes are wearing out because I wore the cheap shoes to cross the desert rather than the expensive shoes. Maybe. It tells you something about the character. My, my, I was thinking of this because I'm in a, in a time travel uh, game at the moment, and we've just gone back to 1963 to see what really happened in, um, in, in Dallas. And mm. my character, who's female, was complaining about her shoes. Because mm-hmm. uh, my shoes, she really, they looked good. And she really shouldn't have uh, bought those. She should have got something uh, more comfortable for regular wear. But she, she's a historian and she likes to get things right. <laughs> the, hey, that's, a, that's another thing about equipment lists. We were severely restricted by our employers in the time travel game in what we were allowed to take back in the way of high technology. Mm. And so we have some binoculars with um, high-tech cameras and recorders in them, but carefully booby-trapped to destroy if you open them in the in, in the wrong way. Yep. Um, and then we find ourselves stuck facing a bunch of other time travellers who aren't paying attention to that sort of thing, <laughs> and and uh, and apparently two Lee, Lee Harvey Oswalds. Now that's the sort of thing that you drop the players into, and they can't possibly have a prepared piece of equipment for that. Mm-hmm. Their preparation for that is entirely in their minds. It has to be. That's the best sort of challenge, I think. I will admit, sometimes I look down my character sheet in search of inspiration, but that, that could be a list of powers or skills just as easily yeah. as it could be an equipment list. I'm, I'm just re- reminded of the GURPS Infinite World setting where both the Infinity Patrol and their canon opposition, Centrum's Interworld Service, mm. use distinctive firearms. Yeah, that would really be resolvable by mid twentieth century ballistics, as this is something a bit weird. So why? the, the infinite, Infinity Patrol one doesn't seem. To, I, th- I think at least one of them isn't caseless, so it leaves casings as well. So wh- why, for goodness' sake? Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. The, we were we were scuttling around Dallas, uh, thinking, the, uh, and I was going around telling people not to not to sing anything by the Beatles. The, um, <laughs> And, and 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 not to ma- and not to use for sure or uh, or or any of the uh, later uh, Californian bits of slang. Uh, just just and um, 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 be aware of the number of things that haven't happened yet. You got you must mm. not mention. Yeah, you don't have quite the same concerns, but even so, but both both sides in in the Infinity campaign are, tr- are trying to be vaguely subtle about their existence. Yeah. You don't really don't. It's all right in a primitive setting where you can, you you can be those those strange traders from far away, but mm. I I have some ideas about a new Infinite Worlds campaign which will will do some minor violence to canon, but that that I suspect is for a future episode. Yeah, I I I think by I I think buying stuff is is to be is to be maximised with the role playing bit, and minimised with the accounting. Um, which is why I prefer, rather than dollars and cents, uh, levels of uh, of personal wealth, which are mm. tested against. It's essentially filter for fun, I think. Yeah. Um, it's not particularly fun to know how many credit cards you've got in your wallet, but it, but it might be if one of them is going to get you get you into the exclusive club. It's it, it's fun. It's not fun to know. Um, your character's precise uh, credit worthiness, but it is fun to know that he strained it in order to buy that sword over there, and really he's got to make good um, with with the slaying of, of monsters he does with that sword. Otherwise, um, 
people are going to be coming around and have serious words with him. Yeah, and people who lend money to people who buy swords are expecting those swords to be used against them. They have made preparations. Yeah. They do not believe... They, they believe in ranged weapons. <laughs> OK. Um, have we not I, touched I, I on think, I think we've, we've, we've wandered fa- fairly far. We have so. wandered far, far, far and near. We, 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 we say you have the stuff um, your character ought to have and maybe one or two bits more if you, if you or the game system can wheedle them out of us. I would like to put in a word for two things in GURPS. One is signature gear. Yeah, uh, which is essentially discounted gear, but it's gear that you're going to keep with you because it's part of the legend of your character. Yeah, um, well, story and, and you, protected gear. You always get it back, essentially. Yeah. Uh, the other is equipment bond, uh, which synergizes quite well with this. You you get a small bonus with that specific bit of gear. This is old Betsy. I wouldn't like to shoot anything without uh, using old Betsy. It would not be respectful, like. I've just created a damage control petty officer in for for the Space Navy who, who has an equipment bond with, with a hostile environment suit. Mm. It's a big bulky battle suit sort of thing, but when, when you get to know its quirks... There are many like it. This one is mine. That has been the 60th episode of Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice. If you would like to send us your playlists, well, an extract from, and uh, your favourite uh, recipes for Honey Dormouse. Really, Honey Dormouse? Really? I thought I thought Honey Locust was a bit much, but you can crunch them. And Lark's tongues, of course. What do they do with the rest of the Lark? Fade it to the peasants. Oh, well, lucky peasants. Lark stew. In any case, leave a comment on the website or email to podcast at tekeli.ly. And we'll be back in another month.